Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code BIRTHQUEEN, all in caps, cause you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're gonna get 30 days free in my mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want, boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my newborn academy. Bonus three, the birth coach class. Bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my birthing waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students every Wednesday. We have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm, C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. My name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee-sipping mama of seven and labor and delivery nurse who took her expertise in the labor room and turned it into an online one-stop shop for mamas looking for powerful education and support. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited today. We have another powerful birth story, and I have one of my followers from Instagram. Her name is Ronnie, and she's going to tell us all about her birth. So welcome, Ronnie. Hey, thanks. I'm so excited. I know that this is probably kind of new for you to be on here. So we're going to just walk through some different things about your birth and just share with everyone. So what number baby is it that we're talking about today? So this is my second baby. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about your first birth? Yeah. My first birth was a C-section back in April of 2020. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic. There was just a lot of, there was a lot happening. <laughs> I, I was literally about to be like April of 2020. That's when we launched our first course. And it was literally when everything shut down. 
Yes. Yeah. So it was a little scary. I was a first time mom and my husband and I knew like nothing, right? We just trusted that everyone would take care of us, like pretty laid back. And that just was not the case. <laughs> so we got there. I wasn't very dilated and they admitted me and they were like, it's okay. We'll get you started on Pitocin. Let's get your epidural. And I was just like, okay, like you guys are the medical professionals. I was so wrong. And yeah, it was just a really rough labor it's on my back the whole time. Yeah, baby was OP and the nurses and I kept trying to tell the resident like, he's OP, he's facing up. Like the way I was feeling his movements, I just knew. And she was like, no, he's not. You don't know what you're talking about. Just relax. And I was like, okay. I got to a 10 after 20 hours of laboring, finally, just on my back the whole time. They really didn't even come in and adjust me much. They just were like, whatever. And I pushed for four and a half hours. And this nurse kept saying to me like, oh, you're almost there, you're almost there. And after four and a half hours of that, like any trust I had in this woman was gone. It was like, I'm not almost there or I wouldn't still be pushing. Eventually they were like, well, maybe we should call like the doctor on call and not just the resident. We're just gonna Facebook message him real quick. And yeah, no joke. My husband and I were like, what? In the interim time. So I guess they Facebook messaged him. I don't know. I'm so in shock right now. Like what? I know, retelling the story, it just... Yeah, you just can't even believe it. But but yeah, so they they called the resident back in and she was like, yeah, the doctor's coming. The woman next door just had her baby. She gave good pushes. And she, yeah, she's like telling the nurses, like she did a really good job. What the heck does that mean for you? I know that's, I was like, are you insinuating I'm not? I don't know. Like I'm a first time mom. Just help me out. Yeah. Doctor showed up and there, like, there was no change. He tried to flip the baby. They turned my epidural off somewhere in there. So then I was like exhausted and in excruciating pain. And he was just like, I think we should go back for a C-section. And at that point I was like, like, I clearly don't. Yeah. Okay. So we and baby was healthy and physically I was fine, but emotionally I was a wreck. I very traumatized. And my husband, he explains it probably better than I even could. He was like, it was like, I knew this like vibrant, happy woman for our entire relationship. We're high school sweethearts. We've been together for a long time. Yeah. And he was like, and it was just like a ghost of her was left. Like you just weren't even it never affected my bond with my baby. Thank goodness. But like for the rest of the world, it was just like nothing else existed besides And how like, long my did that go on? That probably, I was in the thick of it for probably like six-ish months. And I was a pretty good faker. Like I would go out in public and be absolutely fine. And I would come home and just cry and cry. Like I felt so broken as a woman. And like, I had no trust in medicine after that. I went back for my six week appointment and my doctor was like, how was it? How was the birth? Cause he wasn't there. And I was like, it wasn't great. And I told him I was pretty sure some negligence occurred. And he was like, if you're concerned about birth trauma going forward, like just have another C-section. And I was like, I'm never coming back here again. Yeah, I'm so shocked (laughs) right now. Yeah, yeah, it was a mess. The whole thing was just a mess. I just pulled myself up and dusted myself off and just told myself, like, you have a beautiful baby and a great husband and a good life. So, like, you're fine. Everything is fine. So, gosh, I think when my son was 10-ish months, we were like, let's try for another baby. I was ready for another little one. So, and so was my husband. So we tried and got pregnant pretty quickly in March of 2021. And this time, like, I wanted redemption. I was like, this is going to be different. And were you already thinking VBAC at that point? 
I was. Yeah, I had done a little bit of research myself. I'm a nerd. And like, just, I love research papers and things. So I was Googling like crazy. And yeah, I was like, I think I'm going to go for this VBAC. I think I can do it. I found a new provider and I went in like, I was ready to fight. And I was like, if he gives me any trouble, I'm finding someone else. I am finding someone who's going to support me. So I showed up and like my guard was up. And I I told him everything. I was super transparent about my, my C-section and the reasons I had one and all of that. And he just like listened and he said, how do you feel about VBAC before I could even bring it up? Oh, that's awesome. I know. <laughs> And, and I was like, I think I want to try. And he just grabbed my hand and he was like, you should try. Like, you need to. And I was like, what? That wasn't what I was expecting. So from there on, like, we just built a really good patient-doctor relationship. And he was, like, slowly building my trust back. And he was like, you don't have to do, you know, anything you don't want to do. I'm here for you. These nurses are here for you. We're here for you. Had a pretty, like, physically a pretty healthy pregnancy again, like my first pregnancy was. Emotionally, there was a lot going on in my life. My husband got a new job and had to take a long trip out of the country. So I was chasing a toddler pregnant. My brother passed away really unexpectedly. There's just, like, a lot happening. But through it all, my doctor really encouraged me, take care of yourself, eat healthy, and go to the chiropractor. And I did all the things. I exercised four to six times a week and made that a priority and went to the chiropractor and ate the good food and drank lots of water and rested and really took care of myself. And it it made all the difference. So right around, I would say, 37 weeks, like pregnancy just flew by. And I all that trauma like resurfaced. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, like I am weeks away from doing this again. And all of it just came flooding back. And I was like, I need to find someone to help me. So I was like Googling like crazy. I'm like VBAC, VBAC support, birth trauma, like help. And I came across you (laughs) actually. And I I just looked at every free resource you offered. Because at that point, I was like, I'm not sure I can really take a birth course right now. Like, I'm getting ready to deliver. But I was like, I am going to do all the things. Yeah. I read and watched everything you had. And I will definitely be taking your course next time. And I want to interject really quick for those of you guys who are listening. I have had people join the courses the night before their induction. We do what we call a fearless birth experience every couple months where we do five days of live workshops and we invite people into our community so they see what we do inside of our mama membership and inside the birth courses. And we've we did it, it was two weeks ago. And we had, I think, four different moms who joined that week, who delivered that weekend, (laughs) who joined the classes. Yeah, because the classes can be consumed very quickly. But I think more importantly, the classes are, don't get me wrong, especially for my VBAC moms, because you know how that goes. But what I love about, because we we now have the pregnancy and postpartum membership, which is just a very low cost membership, and we meet. So we meet on Mondays for the VBAC moms. We do a Zoom happy hour, Wednesdays for all other moms, and then Thursdays for our postpartum moms. And for mamas like you that may not have found us right away or have experienced what you did with your first birth, which is exactly why I do what I do. Um, 
because you can't wing your birth. You can't go in there with unrealistic expectations that someone else is going to make all the right decisions for you because they don't know you. They don't know what's best for you. And what's best for Sally may not be best for Ronnie. So, but we meet with our postpartum moms every Thursday and oh my gosh, it's so powerful. We have, we all end up crying to be honest, but you know how that is. It's lonely. Like that postpartum can be very isolating and very lonely. So anyway, I was just interjecting because in case I have a mom out there who's, oh my gosh, I'm 38 weeks. What should I do? Take the birth class. Like we, what we do is we cater. If someone's over 37, 38 weeks, we give them a fast track and then hopefully they'll have time to finish it all. But we also have our labor bat signal now too, which is where our girls at 37 weeks, they have a direct contact with me and my doula. So we've changed some things up for moms like you who find us. But that being said, we also provide a lot of free resources. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'll definitely be taking your course next time. Even just the free stuff. I was like, this is game changing. And like all of that trauma and all, I was just able to set it all aside and be like, this is different. And I know you didn't know me, but I was like, she believes in me. If she was <laughs> here with me, she would be telling yes. me, you can do this. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. A few days after that, I lost a little bit of my mucus plug and kind of continued to. And I knew like that didn't mean labor was imminent necessarily, but I figured I was probably dilating a little bit. And so when I was 38 weeks and six days, I woke up. That was Thanksgiving morning, <laughs> of course. And I was contracting every five to six-ish minutes. Nothing crazy, but like strong enough to notice. And I told my husband, I was like, ah, I'm contracting. Like, we have a big day ahead of us. Let's just go. So we packed up the toddler and the food and we headed off to my in-laws <laughs> and I contracted there all day. And my now, sister- Did anybody and, know this was going on? It, only my husband and my sister-in-law noticed. I was like sitting there eating pie, eating Thanksgiving dinner. And I was like, I'm not missing this. Not before I have a baby. I am eating Thanksgiving dinner. And she saw me like gripping the chair one at one point, And she was like, are you contracting? And I was like, yeah. And I was just like eating my pie. She was like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, I love ah. it. <laughs> I just, I was like, the longer I'm at home, the better, I think. So what a great distraction to, eating. It was. Distraction. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we went to my parents later in that evening, still contracting. And my mom noticed right away. She was like, what are you doing here? Like, why haven't you called me? You could go get some rest or something. And I was like, like, I'll have another Thanksgiving dinner here. So we did, but I was getting tired by then. So I was like, we'll just, we'll go home a little early. And we laid our toddler down and my husband and I watched a movie and we just counted contractions. They were probably like three to four minutes apart. And definitely like, I know <laughs> they were getting like more intense, but I was like, I can still sit through them and talk through them. Like, let's go to bed. So he went to bed and I laid down, but I didn't go to bed. <laughs> I, I woke up around, didn't even wake up. I was awake the whole time. I, I went and curled my hair at midnight because I'm like, we're probably going to the hospital at some point here. Oh, I'm going to try to look cute. So curled my hair and I did a miles circuit in the middle of the night. And eventually I fell asleep for about three hours. So when I woke up, I was like, oh, this must not be labor. Like... I, I could still feel little contractions, but I was like, it's fine. And I got up and then I was like, oh boy, like these are some real contractions. So 
my husband had some, some really expensive work equipment in his car. And I was like, take it to work, which was like an hour away. And I, oh, I know. And I'm like, just stay on the phone with me. Like, I'm still talking. I'm still fine. My last labor was very slow. Okay, stop for one second. Did anybody yeah. at any point tell you that second babies are typically faster? I remembered you saying that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like on bated breath right now waiting. Yeah. For oh, no, definitely. Spoiler alert. We made it. We made okay. it in plenty of time. Uh, okay. <laughs> so he goes on an hour, one-way hour drive? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we stayed on the phone and I was like, drop the equipment off and call me when you're all done, like all set there. And he called and I was like, yeah, you should come home. This isn't stopping anytime soon. So he came home, my mom came over and then we loaded up and we had an hour drive to the hospital. So we went and we got to the hospital, definitely still contracting and things were getting a little more painful. So we just we sat together and said a few prayers together and then went in, got admitted or not, I guess. You went whatever. to triage. Yeah, yeah triage. I went to triage. Yeah. They checked me and they were like, oh, you're at a four. We would say you should stay. And I was like, let me think about it. But I noticed like when I was up and moving, things were way more intense than of when course. I was like... Of course. Yeah. yeah. The studies show that using gravity and movement is more powerful than Pitocin. Oh, I, so. I believe it. Yeah. I After we discussed a little bit, they were like, it's very quiet. If you just want to stay and we can watch you for a little bit, that's fine. We don't have to do anything like official or whatever. Just sit and stay. And I was like, okay, that's, we labored for a little bit. I was, uh, strep positive. They were like, if you're deciding to stay, let's give you antibiotics. And I was like, all right, let's stay. We'll stay. And I was very hesitant. I'm not so sure about this. And the nurse that was with me at the time, she was a little older school. And she just, she kept like laying me on my back. And I was like, I'm not contracting as well on my back. Like I can feel that it's more painful and less productive. Does that even make sense? Absolutely. It does. Yeah. So I kind of was gently arguing with her. Doesn't movement help? And she was like, it does. Like we have to hear the baby's heart. But it's easier for me if I can trace yeah. the baby and you don't move. Yes. And she would, so I would try to move around when she was gone. And as soon as the baby fell off, she'd come back in and make me lay down. Oh, that aggravates me. And, oh, yeah. and let's just clarify. The baby was having no issues, right? Nothing. And you yeah, were a right. low risk pregnancy had a VBAC, his, a cesarean history. So for those of you guys listening, I just want to point out a couple things. One of the things that I teach in my courses is that we don't allow anything out of convenience or curiosity. And so this right here is a teaching moment. Because the nurse could not keep the baby on the monitor when oh my goodness, Ronnie wanted to move when she was in pain. The nurse is making her stay in an immobile position, which has been proven to increase your risk of cesarean and all of their interventions. It also has been proven to increase the risk of fetal decelerations and intolerance of labor, all the things that land you in the OR. So I just want you guys to really hear me. If your baby is doing well, you're low risk. There's no issues. Get your butt up out of the bed. And if she says, I can't keep the baby on, I would just be like, well, that's your problem. 
the baby's doing good. Okay. And I know that's easier for me to say than for you guys to say, but think about it, Ronnie. If you stubbed your toe, you wouldn't just lay down flat on the ground. You'd be jumping around, shaking your foot, yelling, and using rhythm and movement to help you cope with the pain. That is what we all do in all instances of pain. We don't ever, unless it's your back, if you've hurt your back, you may not be able to move. But other than that, you're going to find a rhythm, aka movement, that helps you decrease the pain. So it's really maddening to me that was happening to you. Yeah. So I only tolerated it for so long. (laughs) And then I heard your voice. Like I literally heard your voice in my head. And I just remembered you saying, you can fire anybody you want to. This is your birth and your baby. Fire your nurse kindly if you have to. So I looked at my husband and I was like, I'm going to fire her, I think. And he was like, what? What? Yeah. (laughs) I said, I'm going to fire her. So she walked in and I was spared. She was like, oh, I'm just here to say goodbye and introduce the new nurses. We have a shift change. And I was like, hallelujah. Like, this is going to be better. So She left and I heard that door latch and I looked at the two new nurses. One was like a student who had just graduated and the other was a nurse overseeing her. And I was like, I have to get out of this bed. Like I cannot be here a second more. And they were like, let's get the portable monitor on you. Like, what are you doing in bed? They even had a wireless monitor and she didn't use it. That's so lazy. Shame on you. Shame on her. I know. I know. I was was like, whatever. Yeah. The good ones were here now. And these nurses, they were like incredible. I've never met better medical professionals Uh, in my life. Shout out to those nurses. Yes. Rachel and Stephanie. Shout (laughs) out to Rachel and Stephanie. Yes. So they got me hooked up to the portable monitor and they brought in a birth ball and they even brought in like a comfier chair for me to sit in if I wanted to and brought in all this stuff. And my daughter was being stubborn and rolling away even from the portable little monitor. So when I was bouncing on the birth ball, like my husband was holding my hand and holding my shoulder and Rachel was holding the monitor on there, just like letting me bounce. And she's like, I've done that so many times. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I I was like, this is it. This is what it should be. So we did that for a little while and then um, they were like, you know what, let's just dim the lights and give you a few minutes to labor peacefully by yourself. And things were getting like pretty intense and I don't know how to explain it besides I was just in the fog. I was like, you're in your zen. I was, yeah, I was like so withdrawn and I was like, I probably still have hours of this and I can like barely breathe, but I'm just like each contraction just trying to like hold on And, and they laughed and we, it was really like as painful as it was calm and peaceful. Like and I was shocked. And joyful. It, it was. Yeah. yeah I was I love it. shocked. But it was just my husband and my baby and I just like laboring all yeah. this together. And eventually, it was probably like an hour or two after that, I was like, okay, the contractions were right on top of each other. And I knew what transition was. Like I had read about it, heard you talk about it, but like I wasn't putting the pieces together that like when I was shaking like a leaf and could barely think that's what was happening. Isn't it funny how it sneaks up on you and you're like, what is this? What is this? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I know what this is. Yes. And like the last thing I checked me, I was at a four. So I was like pushing and having a baby is so far off right now. Like I've got way more time and I'm not sure I can handle this. So I told my husband like call in for an epidural, even though like I was a little disappointed because I wanted to go natural. 
And I was like, I'm just going to go use the bathroom. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So he went and called. I walked in the bathroom and I shut the door behind me and just mumbled, just leave me alone for a minute. And just alternated between sitting on the dilation and station. Ra- Rachel did not leave you alone, I'm hoping. They did, like, moment, like, just for a few minutes. Yeah. And so my husband called. I went in the bathroom. And, and I was alternating between, like, sitting on the toilet and leaning over the sink vanity and just rocking and just trying to yeah. relax. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this epidural cannot come soon enough. I can't even think right now. So I did that probably for six or seven contractions. And then I sat down and I felt this like really odd Sat down on the toilet. I did. So funny thing for those of you guys listening, I teach my girls to do at least three to five contractions per hour on the toilet because your brain from childhood is trained to relax your pelvic floor on the toilet. So perfect job. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you calling it, I think the dilation station. Yeah. 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 So I was like, it's probably good that I'm on here before I get the epidural or whatever. As far as I can before I get my epidural. (laughs) Yeah. And, and then I just felt that like odd, like lurching sensation. And I was like, am I going to throw up? So I grabbed the trash can and pulled it over and it happened again. And I was like, do I need to go to the bathroom? What's wrong with me? And then it happened again and all, everything else disappeared. Just the words like fetal ejection, like popped in my head. And I was like, oh, my baby's coming now. (laughs) So I called my husband and I'm pretty sure I was making no sense. And I was just like, get the nurses. And he was like, I did. They're coming. They can't hurry the anesthesiologist along too much. And I was like, no, like you have to get them now. And he was like, I called. He was like, I did. I promise I called. Didn't you hear me? And I was like, now. And I grabbed (laughs) the counter and like the bar by the toilet. And he was like, okay, all right, I'm going now. So he called them and I heard them walk in like maybe a minute later. And they're like, oh, where's Veronica? And he was like, She's in the bathroom and I heard Stephanie, oh shoot, and she ran in and she was putting on gloves and she was like, hey, she's trying to act all like casual. And she's like, now, is she the trainee down. or is she the trainer? Is she trainer? Tra- okay. Yeah. So she came in and she's like, I'm just going to look real quick if that's okay. And she lifted my gown and she was like, okay, hey, Rachel, like, why don't you just go get a doctor real quick. And she's trying to be calm. Yeah. And Rachel's, do you want me to call Dr. Blake? Because that was the doctor on call. And she's, no, scream into the hallway for a doctor, please. Like right now. (laughs) (laughs) She looked up at me and she was like, so you're crowning like right here and now. So let's try to move you to the bed so you don't have a baby on the toilet. And I was like, okay. That was all I could manage. And so we got to the edge of the bathroom and it happened again, like the my body like pushed down again and, uh, and I couldn't move then. Like I'm, I, I'm surprised you I, were able to get off the toilet. I really, I am. don't really, I don't know how I did it. I, I don't was either. like, yeah. And, but after that, she must've been at least her head must've been out decently because I was like, I can't move from here. So she picked me up this little nurse. She just picked me up over her shoulder and my husband's, I can help. She was like, no, just get out of the way. We got to get this going. I just am blown away. Like, why didn't she just let you deliver standing there? I don't don't even, I would seriously have done that before I picked up a pregnant woman with a baby sticking out of her (laughs) vagina. I know. (laughs) What? 
know. All right, then. That's like that. It's like that adrenaline strength that comes out of nowhere. And she probably was like, like panic stricken or something. I don't know. I think she must have been because like we talked about it later and she's like, I've never done that in my whole career. I don't know. I've never seen that in my whole career. Yeah. I would have gotten a blue pad, put it under you and waited for the doctor. (laughs) Yeah. She probably, she's probably having problems with her back at this point. Oh, I'm sure (laughs) she is. Can you imagine? But she she picked me up and she laid me down on the bed and a few nurses like ran in. And I wish this was the only thing that disappointed me about the entire experience. I wish I could have voiced, no, I don't want to be on my back because they wouldn't, I don't think they would have made me. They were just so like good and supportive but I couldn't I couldn't even talk to say oh I want to and I will tell you that I've had six unmedicated deliveries and for the my earlier ones I didn't know I could speak up and not be up in the stirrups and all that but for the rest of them I had all these plans of pushing or delivering in the squat or whatever but every single one of them I fell back onto my back in a wonky position like it was the last thing and that's just what I did so you might have done that anyway okay well I guess that makes me feel a little better I mean because the hardest part of pushing is getting the head out and you've Mm -hmm. apparently already accomplished that (laughs) I yeah I was yeah (laughs) so I bet your husband was in shock Oh, he and he like does not do super well with like medical things. So he was like ghost white. He was like, oh, gosh, happening. Yeah. So a few other nurses ran in. I noticed that. And the doctors just he just kind of moseyed in. And he's this like big burly guy. And Stephanie was like, you need to get over here. And he like, he looked and he was like, oh my gosh. And I swear, I'm sure he didn't, but I swear he sat down on the rolling stool and shoved himself across the room to get in front of me. Like, I literally, this is like a Saturday Night Live skit. I see this little nurse picking up a pregnant woman with a baby hanging out of her. A doctor like doing a fast zoom across the room on a stool. (laughs) Your husband going white. Yeah, it was. And you're like, I'm getting an epidural. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm still like, and like still I'm laying on the bed and I'm still like, I've got hours to go. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And Stephanie, the nurse. Yeah, I was so in denial. She like, she looks down at me and she was like, like two pushes and this baby will be all the way out. Like. She's like out. And I looked at my husband and I had never told him before that like I hated that other nurse kept saying I was almost there when I wasn't. But like somehow, I don't know, there was some kind of understanding because he was like, she's not lying to you. Yeah. And (laughs) two pushes and like she just popped right out. And that was it. Yeah. And I had a second degree tear. Well, because she came out flying. Yeah, she did. She really did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But they took her and checked her because she had a bowel movement inside of me. Yeah, because you probably scared the shit out of her too. (laughs) I'm sure I did. Yeah. They stitched me up. It was really no big deal. Like for any mom who's worried about doing it natural and like worried about tearing, I didn't even feel it. There was so much pressure. Like it hurt, but it wasn't like your typical like church lady horror story. Like when I had my baby, it wasn't like that. It was, you know what I, I think the one thing about, the so there's two things and of course it's hypothetical had they let you push her out standing up you might not have torn 
but you might have. So it's really a moot point at this stage, but it's so correct. You, you do not feel it. No. And I felt it afterwards. It hurt, but really, I guess it's all the hormones that just rushed in. I was just like, I just had a baby and I V-backed. Like I did it. And I was so happy. I didn't even feel it. It was well, like- Well, and all that area, there's so much going on and so much pain. Our brain cannot take all those receptors. It's okay. I'm dealing with this pain, that pain I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. I love yeah. that first story. It's so amazing. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, I'm sure so... that was such a redemptive feeling when they laid that baby on you. They did. Yeah, it was. I like, I just looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, we did it. Like all of the work and like all of the suffering and the trauma, it was just gone. It was just like, I did it. And I was like trying not to cry, but Well, and I know, like, obviously, I didn't get to walk through the other side with you because you didn't come into the community. Um, But one of the things that we process with the girls is that feeling of there's like my body's broken or there's something wrong and like maybe my body can't do it. And that is traumatizing to have those thoughts and to be like, oh, my body isn't broken. The system's broken, but my body's not broken. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And all of that was going through my mind and heart. Just like I felt so whole and unbroken. And after everything calmed down, finally, because it was like a whole circus going on and everyone left, my husband looked at me and he was like, I have my wife back. You're back. You're so happy. And he did. I'm so healed. Oh, I love that so much. And I do want any of you guys listening to know I'm not implying that someone who has a cesarean is broken. I'm just saying from years of working with moms who, like you, probably had an unnecessary cesarean because someone else made choices for you because there are absolutely amazing reasons to have a cesarean and thank god but a lot of times unplanned cesareans leave mamas feeling like their body failed them and even though it's not true it's in your head and so that's why we call it the VBAC lab and redemptive birth because you're able to separate that and be like, okay, my body didn't fail me. And even in some cases, for some of my students, there was an absolute legit reason for the cesarean, but a lot of them there wasn't. And so I love that part of it because even even in calm labor, we have a lot of students, like I just, right before I hopped on here, I was doing a birth plan consult with a second time mom who is processing a lot of trauma from her first birth. She did not have a cesarean with her first. She had a vaginal delivery, but just a lot of trauma. And so to be able to process that is so critical, so critical. And my hope is that unlike Ronnie, who like may have processed some of the feelings of that her nurse was deceptive or what have you, which I will have to say, there's so many times when I'm pushing with a first time mom where I see that the baby's right there, but mom just can't grip that push. Now, nine times out of 10, that's happening when she's on her back with her feet in lithotomy because that's what the doctor wants. And I tell my girls all the time, I can't refuse for you. 
I have to obey the doctor's orders. So if the doctor says, put her in the thotomy when you're ready to push, I have to, unless you say, no, I'm not doing that, or no, I don't want that. Then I can say, oh, I'm sorry, doctor. She said no, so I can't do it. She's refusing. Then I can advocate for that. But I love that you went in there and you were like, no, this is going to be different. And it was. It was. Yes, it really was. My, like when we got home and we were all settled as a family, my, my husband and I, we turned on the movie Hercules. I don't know if you've ever seen that Disney movie. Yeah. And, and he's just not a mushy guy, but there's that scene where Hercules like cuts off the dragon's head from the inside. And he was like, that is what it was like to watch you be back. Oh, was like, yeah. And I was like, I know that doesn't sound romantic to a lot of people, but coming from my husband, yeah. it's like- You're speaking you know, my language. I love yeah. it. I love that. That's so amazing. And I'm so happy for you. I love that you were able to bring it for full circle. Yeah. Yeah. It really, yeah, it was good. God made good of it all. I'm a devout Catholic. So prayer and all of that is like pretty instrumental in my journey, but it really- Yeah, it all came full circle. And I, though my C-section, like it was traumatic and really hard on me and hard for my husband and and all of that. It, I guess it made me like a new person, like a much stronger person, a much better advocate for myself, for my kids and for my Mm -hmm. family. Like in the end, I'm glad it all happened the way it did. And I'm so glad I found you. Thank you. (laughs) I love it so much. I'm so glad you found me too. And I want to speak on that because I think that's an important, valuable thing that you just said. And for my moms who are out there, because I I have a lot of girls in our pregnancy postpartum membership that still haven't decided if they can ever have another baby because they're processing so much. And I think it's really important part of healing when you're able to look at that circumstance of whatever it is that caused the trauma. And this is in all areas of life, not just birth and be able to say, okay. And I just watched this amazing documentary on Netflix and they were saying like, some of our greatest growth comes out of suffering, out of a bad experience. So to be able to use that and grow is so commendable. So I'm super proud of you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on today. I am just so glad that you you did and you shared your story. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for all you do. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the birth experience with labor nurse mama. I just want to remind you guys that postpartum period is hard, but you don't have to do it alone. We'd love to invite you into our pregnancy and postpartum membership. We hang out with our girls. We support our girls and we are such a strong tribe. So check it out. As always, I'll see you guys again next Friday. Bye for now.